Our own intuitive sense will bring us everything we'll ever need to know, and it is our true key to the freedom. There is a real sense to be said that the only person who ever keeps you from freedom is yourself. Trust it when you feel like this is the precipice of a new beginning. Trust it when you feel like you are in the next chapter of your life. Trust it when you feel like an opportunity may be presenting itself to you. Trust it when you feel like the world is speaking to you in a language that is warning you about something. Trust that part of you, that part of you that is almost primal, that part of you that is innate, that part of you that goes beyond words or language or what looks good on paper, that part of you that knows deeply, intuitively how to guide you, how to move you, how to let yourself be free. True freedom is not fearing the failure. It's not fearing the loss. It's not fearing the what could or what if or should I or I don't knows. It's seeing those things and saying, I'm going to do the other thing anyways. It's seeing those things and really keeping going and being who you are and how you are and who you want to be. Freedom is trusting yourself. Freedom is having enough wherewithal within you to know that no matter what, you are going to be okay. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act. Right? Instead of a life. Hello and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. I am Vanessa Fontana and it's been a week. It's been a minute. I don't know if I'm going to get this podcast episode up before the end of today, Sunday, June 18th, but I'd like to try. I took a week off of life and work and everything um, and went to the mountains And in the meantime of the mountains, I lost my camera, which I just bought, Um, sort of centering around what this episode will be about. But if you're watching the YouTube video that will be tagged in the description of this podcast episode on Spotify, I'm recording it with my phone because no camera isn't going to stop me and I'll find a way to make it look pretty. But um, in the last week of my life, there's been quite a theme. And that theme has been freedom and surrender and trust in all areas, moving forward, going forward. Um, I don't expect this episode to be a very long one. Um, I'd like to just rekindle and re-enter this experience with some gratitude for all of the support for the listens, the downloads, and the comments on TikTok and all of the things, um, and really just reacquaint with the recording aspect of it before I maybe find a new camera or not. Um, I was in uh, the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, and Asheville, North Carolina, I'm not sure if you can hear the sirens behind me. Asheville, North Carolina is a very special place to me, primarily because I went there this time last year around the same time that I traveled back to Asheville um, in quite an opportune time of discovery, in quite a precipice on discovering myself, trusting myself. It was really the first chapter in a new phase of life for me. And I went back there because it had this real spiritual essence. So there's three what they call spiritual vortexes in the world and or maybe not in the world, but in the United States. And one of them is Sedona, Arizona. Another one is somewhere in California. I think it's Mount Shasta. And then the third one is Asheville, North Carolina. And I don't really know the complete science behind the spiritual vortex element of it. I know it has something to do with coordinate points and longitude, latitude, all of those things. But it's basically just a place where there's a real sense of peace and a real sense of unity. And you find a lot of deeper connection within and outside of yourself. And the first time I went there, it was very much on a whim. It was very much, I want to travel. I don't know where to go. It was recommended to me. And I said, okay, 
sure, I'm going to go. I went by myself and I stayed in this really beautiful house um, with this woman who owned the house who kind of took me under her wing and really opened me up to a lot of things I hadn't known before spiritually. So I I kind of went through this spiritual awakening again, being there. And I remember being like, what is this place? Like, why is it so special? Why does it feel so special? And then upon doing research had then found out that it was the spiritual vortex of things. And so I went back again, kind of a full circle moment in my life in so many ways. And as I returned back to Asheville, North Carolina, I went in with my camera. I went in with this kind of idea around this is going to be really elemental in my growth as a creator. It's going to be really elemental in my growth of being able to capture things. Like I know that this place is so beautiful. I know that there's such a sacred element to it and I want to be able to capture it. And the last place that I remember having my camera was at the airport. Um, and I got there and I realized that it was gone and it was lost and there was not much to be done about it. And I really had a true sense of defeat, I think, um, when I realized that it was gone. I think for me, I was just like, wow, I came here and I came back and I really wanted to film a lot of this. I wanted to get some B-roll. And while being there, I fully and truly realized that I was not supposed to have the camera. I was supposed to be in a complete presence state, a complete state of receptivity, a complete ability to truly relax and to surrender myself to the unknown. And I really, really don't feel like I would have been able to do that if I was worried about content or I was worried about getting this or getting that or capturing this or capturing that. So it really allowed my mind to really be fully present. And as soon as I really gave up the need to have it, I stepped into a real wisdom of knowing that it wasn't meant to be, um, given the nature of that place, given the nature of the spirituality and the alignment that I felt going there and then coming back about a year later, I truly felt at one with the fact that I didn't have it. Um, come to find out they didn't find it. So I don't have a camera right now, but it's okay. There's like this real sense of surrender and trust. I think part of it is a test on, will I keep going? Is this going to deter me? I think there's a big part of it that I don't know and is what it is. Anyways, I think starting the trip that way in realization that my camera was gone and I couldn't do what maybe I had set out to do or I couldn't enact on any of the inkling of inspiration that I may have had going into the place that I was, there was a true sense of surrender and this real element of freedom that followed me around while I was there and piecing together how far maybe I had come in a year of journeying there by myself and going there on a whim, coming to find that it was this place of true spiritual depth that I was given the real beautiful opportunity to explore. And then a year later, going into it with a person that I loved (laughs) and it really being like a marker of, wow, like, look at where alignment may bring you and look at where true presence can lead you in the commitment of trust. And I really kind of felt that full circle moment there. And I I sort of wondered what it meant in a lot of ways in terms of how I looked at freedom. And a year ago, if you would have asked me what freedom meant, I would have likely told you that it was dancing on a mountain in complete disknowing or unknowing of how you were going to get home that night, but just knowing that you'd be okay. And freedom would be being around people and not knowing them, but feeling connected to them. And freedom would be choosing yourself and freedom would be trusting yourself. And all of those things are true, still true to this day, true. But I think the image that I had of freedom in finding it first in that place of Asheville, North Carolina, a year ago, was a static image that I held in my mind that when I had a full circle moment of coming back there again, I was like, okay, where is this freedom? And I came to a lot of connection pieces around what freedom 
really means. I came to a lot of connection around how it's found not outside of you, but always inside of you and how freedom really has nothing to do with your external livelihood or your external life. And the more that you place the pressure on your external life, the more that you place the expectation for freedom to give you something externally, to give you freedom internally, the more that that's going to be really cloudy and really blurry and the less freedom you'll actually feel like you can have. Freedom, true freedom, true autonomous peace, true detachment from any outcome comes from a true trust, a real, real trust in yourself and in your own intuition, in your own divine guidance and something outside of you. It's really a big thing of throwing your hands up in the air, doing all that you can to create what you want, but knowing that you're not in this total control that maybe you have tried to attain. Freedom is truly letting go of all that you know is holding you back, keeping you still, keeping you stuck, and letting it just fly right away with no replacement of anything to come forward. But in a knowing that by letting go and shedding skin, you make space for new things to arrive as they should when they should. But so often of the time, we limit ourselves and we limit our freedom by holding on, holding on to attachments that may not be serving us anymore, holding on to people that we know we should let go of. But even when we do let those things go, we let go of the people and the attachments, we hold on to the pain. We hold on to this victimization of they did this to me, they betrayed me, they hurt me, they were supposed to love me a lot, maybe of the times with our parents, we feel that way. And it more than anything, it doesn't free us of that pain. It doesn't allow us to catalyze that pain. It doesn't really allow that pain to come fully through us, but it keeps that pain really stuck and it keeps us the victim in that situation. And victimhood is not freedom and it will never be. Victimhood is feeling like you are at the will of the world, you are at the will of the people around you, you are at the will of the people that you love and hoping that they will not hurt you. And if they do, oh God, you're fucked. That is true victimhood. Victimhood happens when you make yourself a victim. And I'd like to acknowledge fully and truly that sometimes you are the victim of situations. Sometimes things happen to you that you did not project to happen to you. Sometimes things happen that are really shitty and really awful and come out of the blue and shake you to your bones and shake you to your core. But many, many times our pain is continued and perpetuated by our own egoic sense of relief in reliving it. Why do we have that? You know, like, why do we want to relive our pain over and over again, keep our experiences close to our heart, hold on to the things that people did to us and not forgive? Because truly, honestly, forgiving someone else is not about them. Forgiving someone else is not about what you are giving to them. It's about what you're giving to yourself. And when you have a real sense of pride in your own pain, your pain has this superiority complex in its own righteousness to be there. It is really, really hard to detach from it. It is really hard to forgive the people who may have caused it. And I honestly don't even want to sit here and say that other people cause it because yeah, they do. In a sense, they do. In a sense, they point it to you and they mirror back to you what you may feel internally about your own inner world, your inner self. They may be patterns of people that you grew up knowing who may have caused you trauma unknowingly when you were young and you're constantly choosing the similar patterns. It feels familiar. It feels comfortable. But there is a real sense to be said that the only person who ever keeps you from freedom is yourself. And sometimes it's a very long road to get to a point where you can say, ah, I am free, truly, truly free. Sometimes you say that to yourself over and over and over again, and it's not true. You want it to be true, but there's part of you that feels a resistance. There's part of you that feels a pride. There's part of you that feels an egoic identification and attachment with what someone did to you. And it's like, let it go. Let it go. That's freedom in a few words and in all of the words, freedom is 
letting go. Freedom is true surrender. Freedom is the intuitive knowing that you have that you choose not to listen to over and over again, that you learn to listen to because some things are just really harsh in their way of telling you that you should have listened. You learn. Freedom comes when you open yourself to the possibility that the world is not the way that you see it, that your world, your experiences, everything that you project onto this land of living is what will be mirrored back to you. And sometimes that means it's people and people who are showing you the deepest depths of insecurity that are within you by projecting theirs onto you. It's really this game of constant give and take and whatever mental limitations that you have on your own freedom, on your own ability to be free of that insecurity or that attachment or that pain, all of that is going to present itself to you in your world in different ways and it's never truly going to be free and gone. And you can even get caught up in the egoic identification of freedom. You can do that by thinking that freedom is one thing. You know, maybe you think freedom is being by yourself and having all of the time in the world to yourself. Maybe you think that that is what freedom is. And then maybe someone comes into your life who you like to be there, but feels like it might infringe on your freedom. Is it truly freedom if you have to protect it? Is it truly freedom if you feel like you cannot be guided and do what you want to do, how you want to do it for the fear that it will leave you? Is that freedom or is that a sense of autonomy built out of control and real limitation that a fear it might be lost? That's not freedom. Freedom doesn't fear loss. Freedom doesn't fear its own right of being. Freedom is how it is. It exists the way that it does. It flocks to those who recognize it freely, purely in surrender. It doesn't perform and it doesn't try to make other people feel satiated or better about themselves through shadowing its own, its own life. Let me say that again. That was probably a bit hard to understand. But in terms of are you free? Are you free to express who you are? Are you free to speak the way that you want to? Are you free to speak without filters, without worrying if you're going to offend someone or make someone upset or make someone insecure? Are you free to truly be who you are in the comfort of your own space, of your own friendships, of your own relationships? Are you free to move how you want, be how you want, or are you constantly tailoring your essence and your personhood to other people and what might make them more comfortable? Because if you have a sense of freedom within yourself when you're alone and you feel really calm and centered and good and like you can just let everything go when you're by yourself, but you're around other people and you just zip right up, then that's not freedom. You have that freedom with yourself. You don't have freedom with others. And I think so much of the time we are trained to doubt ourselves. We are trained to look to other people and ask them their opinion on what we should do, if we should do something, what they think we should do. And I've noticed this so much in myself in the recent few months, um, especially in the last week after having this real kind of awakening on what freedom is, what trust is while being in this spiritual vortex mountain area. I've realized that when I have the impulse to do something, I never just do it. I consult with the people around me. I ask their opinion. I try to get some validation. I try to get some validation in them agreeing that I should do it and giving me some sort of affirmation. And recently, I've decided to not do that because you know what you know. You already have it in you. Asking anyone what their opinion is and if you should or shouldn't, when you are sure inside of you that you know, why do you need a second opinion? Why do you need someone to agree with you to really enact a certain sense of movement within your bones? And I think that it can just be so challenging when we, when we have grown up second-guessing ourselves, but 
paying attention to truly how much you ask other people for their opinion before deciding to do something, how much your life is informed by the presence of others, the judgments of others, the perceptions of others, you realize how much you are handing over to other people and bounding yourself to them by asking their opinion alone. You know, someone hasn't lived your life. Someone hasn't been in your own experiences. Someone hasn't gone through all the things that you've gone through. They haven't walked in your shoes. Another person will only know what they know about you and then their own experiences and what they might do. And you're not asking them what they might do. You're asking them what you might do, what you should do. And the only person who truly knows that most of the time is you. That's not to say that sometimes it's not good to get advice from other people or weigh in other people's opinions or kind of survey the room on something that you're unsure about. But if you're not unsure about it and you truly know that there's something that you want to do, but you're just waiting for the right time to do it, or you feel like you can't do it, or you feel this lack of freedom around doing it, but you know that you need to do it, you know that there's a calling inside of you that will not go away until you do it, you do it. And you don't ask anyone for their opinion. You do it fully. You do it as you are, who you are, and you trust yourself around it. And that is freedom. Freedom is trusting yourself. Freedom is having enough wherewithal within you to know that no matter what, you are going to be okay. That no matter what, no matter if Rome falls for the fourth time, you're going to pick yourself back up and you're going to go on. You are going to be all right. You are going to continue on as you are, continue your growth, that every bump in the road will kind of bring you a little bit deeper only to bring you higher again. True freedom is not fearing the failure. It's not fearing the loss. It's not fearing the what could or what if or should I or I don't knows. It's seeing those things and saying, I'm going to do the other thing anyways. It's seeing those things and really keeping going and being who you are and how you are and who you want to be. Your origin story and who you want to be is yours. That's yours to tell. That's no one else's to inform. The opinions of other people, the judgments, the perceptions of other people, they matter to a very, very small extent, but they only matter as much as you make them matter. They only matter as much as you value their importance, if you let that determine your worth, if you let that determine your trust, your personhood, if you feel like you can only trust yourself when you're doing well and when other people are receiving you doing well, then you don't trust yourself. You don't have a sense of freedom if you feel like you need to keep yourself in line and in check with the voices and opinions of others telling you that you're doing well. You know. You don't need anyone else to tell you. You know. And trusting yourself is not an easy feat. It's not something easy to do. My first step into full trust within myself was going to Asheville, North Carolina a year ago by myself, being completely nomadic in my venture to just discover and I felt called to do it and it just felt like the right place to be and I got there and I was like yup this was exactly the right place to be like I didn't even realize what it was what it meant what it would lead me to that it was the first real chapter in that story of discovery for myself and that I wasn't looking to be discovered. I wasn't looking to find myself. It was like I followed an impulse. I trusted my gut, even though the world probably would have told me not to. And the opinions of, you know, my dad, (laughs) he would have told me not to. I remember when I called him and I was there alone. I was like in the mountains by myself and he was like, you're alone. I didn't know you were alone. And he started, you know, giving me all this shit. And I just remember being like, it's okay. Like, I'm really okay. I'm good. And just that sense of real trust and like, I'm going to be all right. And sometimes it's scary. And there's always the what ifs. There's always the slight sense of fear that lingers in the background. But for the most part, when you do something that is based out of a real trust within yourself to be able to do it, to be able to take what comes up, to be able to face whatever challenge comes your way, to be able to get out of any scary shit that might come up. That's true freedom. It's true freedom to be able to take the risks and know that they are risks, but know that even if the even if the worst thing happens, you're gonna be okay. Like it's all right. And the willingness to do that thing, the intuition to do that thing is stronger than the what ifs if it doesn't turn out the way that you feel it might or you think it should. And that's freedom. Freedom comes when you truly surrender to the knowing that is outside of you, when you let yourself be guided and you don't question that guidance, we know so much more than we think that we know. We walk into a room and we can sense 
right away, the corridors of people in that room, a sense of energy from them. Are they nice? Are they not nice? Are they standoffish? We can sense from people a sense of sadness when they're not feeling okay. We can sense the emotions of others through this world. We can sense when something bad is going to happen. We have this weird knowing, this sixth sense of, ooh, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. When someone does you wrong, how many times? Times does that take you by total surprise? Was there not red flags? Was there not something that you might have seen beforehand that could have told you otherwise? Did you not have a weird little feeling about it? Like, come on, didn't you? We always know. Sometimes we're blindsided. We are blindsided when we have complete outer locking with that intuitive sense, when we have completely disidentified from it, not known it, not trusted it. Like, In that sense, we are tended to be blindsided. But most of the time, you know. And most of the time, logic and reason and the mental logical thoughts around things will tell you one thing. It will tell you, well, this looks this way on paper. And so XYZ is the determination definition of it. There's the logic and reason side of it. And then there's the intuitive knowing. If you've been wanting to learn a new language, connect with your family heritage, Rosetta Stone might be perfect for you. It is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop or as an app, and it is truly immersive in the language you want to learn. It's been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, with fast language acquisition and speech recognition as a built-in feature to give you feedback on your pronunciation like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. It's like... I know that this sounds crazy, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not that crazy. It's a really deep trust. It's a really deep inner knowing that something is just bound to happen, going to happen, should happen, is where you need to be, is where you're led. And the more and more that you resist the the outer scenarios of your life, like the things that you cannot control, the more that you look for reasons on why they shouldn't have happened when they literally did happen and there's nothing you can do about it. The more that you just resist what is, you resist this sense of trust in maybe everything is supposed to happen for a reason. Listen, I don't know why I lost my camera. I know that a big part of it was because I was supposed to truly be present when I was in that place. But I, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I really feel like it's still out there and I really feel like it's going to be found. And today I went to go buy a new one and it just didn't feel right. And there's really just this essence of, I don't know why this happened, but I truly know that I'm guided and I truly know that I'm led and I truly know that there is this very real part of my existence that is outside of me. I believe that fully. And if I believe that fully, if that, then losing something so special to me that it was a contributing factor in my path of creation has to be for a reason. It has to be for something. Maybe it's not, but there is an intuitive sense that I get that I think it was. And I'm going to wait. I'm going to see if I should replace it. I'm going to let myself be guided towards that. But old me would have replaced it immediately. Old me would have taken that as information and just been like, okay, got it. I'm going to get a new one. Like, fuck it. I'll eat the financial loss, whatever. And I think having patience, patience to listen, patience to see how things might turn out or allow the opportunities to present themselves to you 
for why something happened will thicken your trust in why that thing happened. Because most often we don't know why the things we don't want to happen happen. But if you truly have a knowing and internal trust that everything will be okay and that you're guided and that you're where you're supposed to be. And as you learn to develop that, you really develop that by allowing the bad things to happen. You allow the things that you don't want to happen in the knowing that you will never have will over every little thing, that you can only control what you control. And if you are in a place of alignment, if you are in a place of really focusing on healing your heart, your soul, your mind, feeling good, feeling aligned in everyday life, then when something bad happens, trust that there is a greater purpose in that to your path. That if you are to doubt why something happens and use that as doubt for your path in life, then you don't really trust your path in life. You don't really trust yourself. Freedom is not found in wishing for, willing for, hoping for something to turn out the way that you want, but knowing that you're going to be guided in the life that you live by, if not a divine guidance, by, if not something outside of you, then your own intuition, strengthening your own intuition and knowing that all of the answers that you'll ever need are really inside of you. You just have to make the space for them to come to you. You have to make the space for them to present themselves. You have to look for them in the quiet. You have to look for them in the knowing that they'll appear is when you'll find them and not the searching, seeking, worrying that they won't appear and that you need to keep your eyes wide open or you're going to miss it. No, just really having a deep sense of knowing that where you are is truly where you're supposed to be. And sometimes it can be really difficult to have that knowing. Sometimes it can be really hard, especially if you're surrounded by people who may live in their struggle and may live in their sacrifice of life and may feel like life is this never-ending loop of incessant sadness and hopelessness. Your environment influences so much of your ability to trust, your ability to really trust your own intuition, your guidance, to have freedom. If you feel truly free in your life, but you cannot be yourself around your friends, then you're not truly free in your life because you fear that they will judge you. You fear that they will not see you. You fear that there will be a disconnect. And it's really about the knowing that the people who are meant for you will find you. And sometimes the people who are meant for you are only meant for you for a period of time before new ones find you. You will have love for the people that you've loved before. You will have love for the people who are your greatest friends. You have these longevity of friendships with, but that sometimes there is a phase of alignment, then misalignment, then realignment, then misalignment. And it's not your job to force and will that alignment. It's not your job to understand why things aren't working, but really trust that if they're not working, there's a reason why. If they're not working, then there's something else. If there is discordance, if there is dissonance in how you feel around certain individuals, if there is dissonance in how you feel around the ability to freely speak, to freely be yourself, to freely trust, if you feel like you are constantly looking left and right for the okay to be able to do something, then you are not free. You are bound. You are bound by what other people think about you. You are bound by if other people's approval will suffice your need to be approved. You are bound by the inability to truly trust yourself. Everyone thinks it's blind faith until the thing manifests into life. Everyone thinks that you're crazy for having the beliefs that you do and the confidence that you do until that confidence proves true. And no one will ever believe in you the way that you can believe in yourself. And the extent to which people can believe in you, the extent to which people see you is only ever as far as they can see themselves. So if they have doubt and insecurity and projections, they're going to put that all onto you. They're going to affirm all of your limiting beliefs by their own sense of limits you're looking out, outside of yourself, outside of what you know to be true for confirmation. And it's good to get it. It's good to receive it. But 
a lot of the times we're not looking for confirmation that we're right. We're looking for someone to tell us that we're wrong and why we shouldn't do the thing. We're looking for someone to point out the reasons why it doesn't make sense and why we're crazy. And that is, again, based off of the logical sounding board. That is, again, based off of what looks good on paper and what should be and just the objective reasoning behind it, which is valid. In a lot of ways, that's valid. In a lot of ways, that should be considered always a logical sounding board, the what looks good on paper, the real rationale behind the thing. But so much of the time, that's all we do. You know, what is better in terms of what the world will think, what is good on paper is really what is good in the eyes of the world. Paper means nothing. What is good on paper is what is good. It's on paper. It's not an intuitive feeling. It's not an intuitive knowing. Your trust in the thing, your trust in your ability to be free, your trust in your ability to live and be how you want and really be able to create a life that is led by you, only you, only your happiness and have a deep sense of knowing that the people who want to come along will come along and that the people who do not want to come along in that you're better off for it. And sometimes it's really hard. It's really hard to come to that truth. It's really hard to come to that knowing. But to be quite honest, it's the only way. You have to realize that in freedom, there is true surrender. There is true lack of needing to control. There is true lack of needing to will things and just waiting for the things that you know to arrive. And how do you know that they'll arrive? How do you have this sense of freedom? How do you have this deep sense of knowing you listen, you make the space to listen, you never really set out on a journey or an embarkation of finding yourself or discovering yourself, but you simply make the space to allow yourself to be found, allow yourself to be discovered, allow yourself the quietness to be able to listen to the voice inside of you. And you do that through finding flow. You find flow in whether it be quieting your mind, which is really salient, very important. Quieting your mind helps so much simply because you realize that in the silence and in the stillness that thoughts will pass and things will pass and what is left behind all of the thoughts and all of the racing mental chatter is a deep sense of knowing. It is a deep sense of, okay, what's stuck here? All of this was racing. All of this was in my mind, but what's stuck? What was the thing that I knew to be true among all of the lies of the mental chatter? And it's going to take a while. It's going to take some time before you can really decipher what is intuition and what is, you know, just your mind chattering. But there will come a time if you sit in enough quietude or if you find enough flow in your life that something will speak to you and you'll you'll see it and this time you'll trust it. This time you're not going to ask the opinions of other people if you should or shouldn't. You're just going to know that it's what you should do and you're going to move in silence about it. And maybe you'll tell people after that you've done the thing. Maybe you'll tell people after what your experience was, but the more that you look to other people for their advice and their guidance, the less that you look to yourself for your own advice, for your own guidance. And in a lot of ways, we are all we have in this world. Our own intuitive sense will bring us everything we'll ever need to know. And it is our true key to the freedom. It is our true key to the surrender. Sometimes we know that we need to do things that are so painful and so hard to do and we keep ourselves from doing them because of that logical sounding board because of that mental game of but it looks good on paper and I don't want to let this go because xyz in the reality of life but there is a deeper part of you that knows deeply 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 when you are not where you're supposed to be there is dissonance there is resistance there is sadness there is anger there is anxiety there's unhappiness all of those feelings are pointers to the fact that something wants to change and you're not letting it it's not that you aren't where you're supposed to be. It's that you're not letting what is supposed to happen, happen. You are not letting what wants to unravel, unravel. You are willing it with a hand clenched to whatever it is that you don't want to let go of because you're so scared of what might happen if you do, because that might be a comfortable place for you. Free surrender, freedom, trust. It's uncomfortable at first when you first take that step, when you do the thing, when you start, when you believe in yourself with the blind faith that isn't really there all the way when you first begin to do it, that shakiness and first 
deciding that you're going to do something and not looking to others for their opinions, but really just knowing it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. And don't make the mistake of looking then out to the world once you've done the thing and asking their opinion about what does it look like that I did this thing. Trust. Trust that you did it because you wanted to. Trust the guidance, the intuition that comes from intention, intentionally doing something. I did this because it was right for me for no other reason than to make myself feel more aligned than I was before. I did this for no other reason than for me. I did this because I knew I needed to. I did this not because I was worried about the perceptions of others. I did this not for the reactions or the responses of another person or other people. I did this because I knew that I wanted to and I put the intention behind it that I knew I wanted to, knew I should, and I knew I needed to, and I did it because of that. That's enough. That's enough reason to do something unless it's like extremely questionable and hurting people obviously not the case, but if it's something that you feel called to do, we all know, we all have that thing. We all have that inner knowing inside of us where we have this sense like, okay, maybe I should be doing something else, or maybe this isn't the right place for me or whatever, whatever, whatever. And we don't really sit with it very long enough because it gives us a lot of fear. Cause we're like, Oh God, like if I choose this thing, then that means that everything's different. I'm going to have to give up X, Y, and Z the things that look good on paper to do this thing. And you know, We have all these reasons for why we shouldn't. We never truly face ourselves in what we want, what we know to be true. We know all of these things. Like We're just not super self-aware of it all the time. But I firmly do believe that self-awareness exists within everyone, even the people who seem totally unconscious, totally shut off, totally disconnected. Even they know what they're doing at the times that they're doing it. They know that they're not serving themselves with their actions. And sometimes it's shameless and sometimes it's full of a lot of shame. But at all times, those people are usually very unhappy people. Those people are usually people who spread this essence of negativity, this essence of victimhood around with them. They carry it around with them. They have a real energy about them that screams resistance and screams anger of some sort or anxiety of some sort. And it's not that they should be looked at as exiled from the group of life or a group of people. It's simply that they have willed, they have resisted, they have not surrendered, and they have chosen to remain in victimhood. They have chosen to remain unfree. And part of them knows that. Part of them knows that they are the only person who could ever make the change. But the feeling of making that change is so strong and so overcoming that it holds them back from ever doing it. It's easier to blame other people. It's easier to blame the world, to put your fate in the hands of the world and say, these are the cards that I was dealt and I guess it is what it is and I'm just gonna follow it. It's easier when you're unhappy and you're in a place of real resistance and real sadness to look at the world and say, you made me feel this way. There's just nothing I can do about it. I'm just gonna sit in it and I'm just gonna wallow. Instead of finding the strength within yourself to be able to come above. It's easier to point fingers. It's easier to blame others. It's easier to look into how it could have happened, why it could have happened, why it should have been a different way. It's easier to do all of that mentally than to recognize your own strength in choice. Sometimes shitty things happen. Yes, they do. But after it happens, after you are the victim of a situation, there is a time and a place where you're not anymore. You choose to be a victim of a situation after the fact. You identify with being a victim of that situation in your daily life. You make yourself the victim of your world, your life, because of one thing that may have happened to you that might have admittedly been really awful and really terrible, but You are the one letting it define your life and you are the one letting it keep you from that freedom, that sense of beingness. There are so many things that we can get upset over in any given day. There are so many things that we could raise our hands up in the air and be like, fuck you universe. I don't know why this is happening. Like, why do you hate me? There are so many opportunities, so many moments where we could just get angry and sad and upset. And trust you me, when I lost the camera that I just bought, when I got to this place where I had this real vision of maybe what I wanted to do with it when I was there, there was a real sense of 
surrender in the sense of like, there's nothing I can really do about this. Like, what can I do about it? But there was also this sense of real trust and knowing that maybe I really shouldn't have had it. And as much as that was such a loss for me, like financially, I'm still hoping that it'll turn up. As much as all of those things were considered, I really took a step back and I was like, I don't need to let this define the next seven days of my life. Like, I don't have it. I'm not going to buy a new one. They haven't found it. Like, what am I going to do? Genuinely, what am I going to do? And that sadness about it, the disappointment in myself around it, it faded slowly. It probably took a few hours, but the next day I woke up and I was okay to not have a camera. And I went through that entire trip not having it, surrendering to the fact that I didn't have it trusting in the fact that I didn't have it and using it as an opportunity for truer, deeper presence. And that's a really small example, but really easily I could have made myself the true victim of that situation. I could have harped on it. I could have done a lot of things that I genuinely would have done in the past. And I chose to not do that because I knew I had a choice. And I think that that is freedom. Truly, that is freedom. Freedom is knowing that you have a choice and choosing the thing that feels most aligned to your own intuitive knowing, to your own intuitive guidance. And sometimes that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to other people. It barely makes sense to you. But there's a knowing associated with it. There's a real deep sense of understanding that you don't know why, but you know this. You don't know why, but you know it. And we have all had many, many moments in our lives where that sixth sense kicks in that I knew it about that person or I knew it about this thing. We read situations. We read people. We are energy in walking, talking, physical forms. And we like to pretend that that doesn't matter. We like to pretend that what we know to be true in the essence of an energetic exchange is just our mind making up stories. Sometimes it's important to use logic and reason. A lot of times it's important to use logic and reason with a mix of your intuition so that you're not jumping to conclusions, so that you're not paranoid, so that you're not using your own mental projections and insecurities to define the world around you because then it's just a another loop of like, is this really freedom or am I just like diluting my whole world with what I believe to be true and looking for reasons that it's true? There is a distinction to be made there. But for the most part, when you have a real gut instinct, and I'm not saying that this happens every moment of every second of every day, but a few times in our weeks, in our days, in our lives, we have that like gut instinct. We simply know how to be guided, how to be moved. We know when the time is to act. Like this knowing, this real surrender to a trust that it's going to happen how it should. It is what it is. You're not worried about the thing happening. And then an intuition in people, an intuition in the life and world around us when you feel this real resistance when you meet another person who might be bad news, when you feel a real ickiness around a set and a setting and you just don't like it there and there's something about it that you don't like, but you keep going back there. Stop going back there. Listen to yourself. Listen to your gut. Don't worry about what other people are telling you, satiating you. People will always give you their opinion. People will always give you their opinion, which many times is based off of a really good intention. They don't have any malintention for you in their opinion. They're really telling you just what they know and what they believe, but what they know is not what you know. What they know is based on them, their own experience, their own lives. And what you know is you. You know how safe you feel. You know how good you feel. You know when something is actually making you feel scared and in a way that should be a warning rather than being scared simply because you're outside of your comfort zone. Two very different things in that fear. It's like, are you scared for your life? Like, are you scared because there's actually real danger here? Is that what your body is telling you? Or are you just scared because it's uncomfortable and a bit unfamiliar? Are you just scared because of the fear of failure? Two very, very different things and learning to distinguish between those two as well is extremely helpful. Freedom comes from that knowing. It comes from following that arrow over and over again. And the real way that you start to integrate this freedom into your life is simply by having that trust. It's simply by keeping your eyes set and straight on the road and not asking other people's opinions when you know that you want to do something. It's about not looking to the perceptions and approval of the world when you put something out that you were proud of or you like. It is truly 
living in your fullest, highest alignment of knowing that things are just going to be all good if you follow what you know to be true. That's freedom. Freedom is surrender. Freedom is, I want this thing to work out the way that I want it to work out. And I have kind of feeling that it could, but I'm not in charge of this. I'm not in control of the response that this thing gets. I'm not in control of how well this thing does. And I'm going to put my all into it. I am going to show up the best that I can and the most aligned place that I can. And whatever happens is to happen. And whatever is to come is to come. And if you have a bigger, deeper sense of knowing that that thing is supposed to be the thing, then trust that. Trust it when you feel like this is the precipice of a new beginning. Trust it when you feel like you are in the next chapter of your life. Trust it when you feel like an opportunity may be presenting itself to you. Trust it when you feel like the world is speaking to you in a language that is warning you about something. Trust that part of you, that part of you that is almost primal, that part of you that is innate, that part of you that goes beyond words or language or what looks good on paper, that part of you that knows deeply, intuitively how to guide you, how to move you, how to let yourself be free. Listen to that part of you. That is freedom. Truly, that is freedom. And we want to call it so many things. We want to call it dancing on a mountain and not working and being rich. We want to identify freedom in those things because of the sense of ease that they look like they may bring. But freedom can be found right here, right now in everyday life in your being. Freedom is first found in your being. Freedom is not that different in any other clothing that it wears, whether it is wealth or whether it is the ability to travel or whether it is autonomy and flexibility in your work schedule. Whatever it is, freedom doesn't really look that different. It's simply the ability to choose. And you can give yourself that ability every single day. You are not stuck. You are never stuck. And surrendering to the unfolding of your path, after doing all that you can do, after doing all that you were intuitively guided to do, taking aligned action towards the things that you know that you want, you surrender, you trust, you let it all happen, you let your life happen, you find the happiness outside of the response or the quality of how that thing that you wanted to do so well did. You find freedom and detachment, you find peace in it too. And so that was what was on my mind. I think this was a bit longer than I intended it to be, but I am really excited to be back and recording and um, in my flow of life. Uh, it is June 18th, and I am just really grateful for this podcast and this little platform to speak upon and to share all of the learnings that I've had and the catharsis that comes from it. And I will be posting more regularly on YouTube, shortened podcast videos of these episodes, as well as on my Instagram, um, which is linked in the description, and TikTok, which is Butterfly Fountain, which is kind of where this whole thing started. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this episode is going to end with a real connection to the outro. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, you don't have a life. You have an act. So live your fucking life. Trust yourself. Trust your gut. Trust your intuition and step into freedom. All right. Bye. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. Now, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you just so love, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.